Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. We are going through a new series, which we started last week. Uh, this is a series that we call The Basics. Uh, these, uh, this series uh, takes on the many different topics or questions that we as Christians should know, uh, be able to answer when talking with our friends, talking with our neighbors, or talking with our family members. And I hope as followers of Jesus, we have this conversation often, uh, and even some, maybe sometimes talk with our coworkers. I know that may be a taboo topic, but if it comes up, these are the things that we should be able to answer and talk with all those people around us. So the topic for this Sunday is, who is Jesus? And actually, I would like to add it a little bit more to that question is, who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to me? Because sometimes it's easier to answer the question when you're talking to someone from an impersonal standpoint. But when we have to say, who is Jesus to me? That's when it gets a little bit more personal. That's when you really have to share about what what we know, right? I don't want to say what you know. What we know about Jesus and who he is to us. I actually, I was very excited when I got to this topic and... um, and I actually had a lot of stuff written down, and then I realized, wait, that's too much. You know, we can't get through this in 20, 25, uh, 25 minutes or so, but I'm going to try to com- uh, bring it down and compress it as much as I can. And, and I know that it's an interesting question, right? Who is Jesus to me? I'm preaching to the choir, as in, you guys are here on a Sunday because you s- you're seeking something, right? And because you know Jesus, um, and I trust that's what you're here for, is to worship Jesus, to learn more about Jesus, to be encouraged, to be strengthened by Jesus, or just following scriptures, uh, the instruction and the directions of what God is telling us, and also to um, grow in our revelation of Jesus. So therefore, we know who Jesus is, and we should have, I use the term, we should have a personal relationship with Jesus. So it is easy to share our personal revelation of Jesus to those within the church. However... Have you guys tried to share about Jesus to those who don't go to church, to those who don't believe in God, or those who actually believe there is no God? That's a different story. But however, how would we describe Jesus to them, to those people? So the best way to do that, if I may suggest, is for us to share from our personal revelations, personal revelation of of, of what we know about Jesus. But also we need to know some historical fact about Jesus. Um, And the more we ask ourselves the question of who is Jesus to me, the more we will grow in our revelation of Jesus, uh, which is a good thing. We want to always grow in our revelation of Jesus because I promise you, no one will or should be able to say, I know all there is to know about Jesus. If I can use that term, Marie, do you know everything there is to know about Jesus? The oldest person here, and I know she's been going to church since she was born, so... 
If she's still learning, we all need to still learn. And, and actually, in all seriousness, no one will know everything there is to know about God. And that is our desire to always grow in the revelation of Jesus. So more, more importantly, our own revelation of Jesus. And I, this is a big statement. And it, it actually really challenged me. And I trust that it will challenge everyone else's. Our own revelation of Jesus would dictate the life that we live. The greater revelation that we have of Jesus, the more differently our lives will lead. You know, if I can use the illustration of if, if we go on along in this trajectory, and when you get to know Jesus, we will suddenly be on a completely different level. Our lives should change. We should change radically. We should be transformed people instead of continuing on the same trajectory. We should actually on a different level because we have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit and we have hope and a future. So it should be different. So our revelation of Jesus in terms of knowing who he is, he is my God and my Savior, will cause us to live differently, will cause us to make life decisions much differently than versus someone who is only living for the here and now. So the more that we, each of us, understand that Jesus is our, maybe if I can use my God, my King, and my Savior, will dictate how we make those life decisions, right? And there are three things that I, I just really want to touch on really quick to help because our revelation of Jesus will dictate how we live because if we know who Jesus is and put our trust in him, we will live according to his teaching, to God's teaching instead of teaching from the culture around us. Well, we will learn to love people. We'll have compassion for people. We'll have kindness for people. We'll live selflessly. Uh, we'll, we'll forgive those around us and do these things without an agenda. Uh, I, I want to add that last thing. Do these things without an agenda because there are many people who would do these kindness things so they can be known as someone who is kind or have compassion. But when we do these things without an agenda, without people acknowledging those things to us, that's God's teaching for us instead of the things that we learn from the people around us. Um, we, if we live according, if our revelation of Jesus is what drives the way that we live, then we will live according to God's truth. God's truth about who we are, who he made us to be, who we were created to be, not who we would like to be, not who other people tell us to be, but who we were created to be versus listen to what others still tell us you know, about who we are, about ourselves, uh, anything else that is not in the truth of God usually will end up in causing there's a sense of loneliness. Because when we try to find the ultimate truth in other things, in, in, in our relationship, in money, of fame or our job. I'm not downplaying those things because those things are important, right? We need to, play bill. we need to pay bills. We, we, we have mortgages. We have uh, places that we want to go on vacations. You can't just go on vacation for free. I have a full-time job. I understand that. My kids cost money. They, they cost a lot of money, but, but that's another story. I, I don't know why I just went there. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot. Uh, but when we have God's truth, we will live according to who he had called us to be and to go. And also another thing is our revelation of Jesus. If, if we have the revelation that our God is our king and our savior, we will live according to his plan for us. Not what even some of our parents tell us to live. 
not even what other people tell us to live, not what society tells us to live, but according to God's plan. We seek out God's plan, and we talked about that last week, living according to God's plan for us, his plan and his purpose for us. And I know I'm here as a parent, so I can joke about this, but uh, we, we talked about this coming from an Asian family. My parents only wanted me to go into two professions, right? A lawyer and a doctor, maybe three, an, an engineer, there's only three professions that you can go into. Otherwise, the fourth one is being homeless. If you don't go into those three, you become homeless. <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to say is seek out the plan that God has for us. Even though sometimes our parents, our relatives, our friends, our neighbors may have good intentions. They want us to have a job to provide for ourselves. But we want to seek out God's plans for us, for our future, because God's future for us is so much bigger so much better than what we think we have or what our parents have for us. But that does not apply for you too. You guys do what I tell you to do, okay? Um, but seriously, we want them to pray and, and hear what God has for them also. Uh, so these three things are the parameters when we answer the question, who is Jesus to me? And that will help dictate our lives. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Jesus. Like who is Jesus? Let's talk very briefly about Jesus as fully man because we need to address that. He lived as fully man. He was born to a virgin and lived a sinless life. He had to have a physical body and needed to live a perfect and sinless life in order to be an acceptable offering for all mankind. These are the things I hope and I trust that we all know this. And he needed to be fully man in order to be a sufficient sacrifice for us. He was fully manned and lived just like us. He grew up with siblings I hope we know that, right? He grew up with siblings just like Liam grew up with Rain and Joe as his siblings. You know, Jesus had Jude, James, Simon, and he had sisters. He grew up with friends. It was the same as uh, just like everything else. There was the stories about uh, uh, Jesus growing up. He experienced emotions and he experienced pain and frustration. He went through everything that we all go through during our course of life. Right? He was tired, he was hungry, he was angry, he loved uh, um, those around him, he was sad, he was tempted. If you ever felt like you were tempted and it was easy for other people to resist temptations, Jesus was tempted. Everyone has to face temptations. Uh, he, he worked. So for those of you who think you don't have to work at all, he actually worked also. So you know, follow the example of Jesus. I don't even know why I just said that. Um, so Jesus worked as a carpenter. I, I apologize. I don't know why I even said that. All right. Jesus did not have it easy. I want to say Jesus did not have it easy at all. So he lived just like us. And his life was not only documented, um, documented in the Bible, because his life was documented outside of scriptures also. I, I do want to stress that because he was documented by, document, his life was docu documented by reputable historians who were not Christians. Look them up. You know, he, he was, uh, Josephus, the, one of the Jews, talked about Jesus. Pliny the Younger and Tacitus, um, the Romans, talked about him. Doctrine, uh, wrote about Jesus and how he led his people. The critics of Christianity no longer try to dispute that Jesus lived. Uh, in the past, they would say that, well, Jesus was just a mythical figure. To minimize the historical reality of Jesus, lived, and he was breathing, walking among people. 
However, due to our technological advancement and discoveries, right, through archaeological findings and historical evidences that has proven that Jesus did indeed live. This is one of the many scenarios where science and technology, instead of trying to disprove Jesus, actually ended up doing the opposite, proving that Jesus did live. So now, instead of saying Jesus did not actually exist, now the common argument is that Jesus was just a good moral teacher, right? A, a good philosophy teacher, just talked about philosophical standpoint. However, that is also false because no moral teacher anywhere from any religion teaches people to come to him or her for life. No moral teachers, not even Muhammad or Buddha or Hinduism or anyone else, tell people to come to them for life, for salvation, for rest, for peace, for strength, for courage, for joy, for discernment, for miracles. Here's just one of the many passages that, we, that Jesus talked about. Come to me, it's from uh, Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So not only did he tell people to come to him, he actually did give those things out. He performed miracles in his name. Right? When, people, when we come to Jesus, I find rest, I find peace, I find strength, I find courage. And when we call out in his name, miracles happen. So we certainly cannot say the same about anyone else. Any other religions, any other gods, any other prophets or what have you, any modern-day teachers or uh, religion, modern-day religion, or anyone in the history of mankind. It is because if anyone else, anyone else not named Jesus, point people to themselves, people will know that they are a fraud and they are not God. If they point people to themselves. Before I, Jesus revealed himself to me, I used to have this joke. Uh, I was very anti-God, and then I used the term, I tried to get people to follow me because I had a, my own religion, right? It's Hewism. Hewism. But Hewism doesn't exist, right? Because when I point people to myself, I cannot give them anything. I cannot give them rest. I cannot give them hope. I cannot give them a future. I cannot give them joy. But Jesus is the only one that will tell everyone else, come to me. Because, and even if we're really honest with ourselves, if we just look internally to ourselves only about who we are, our behaviors, our thoughts, our, our actions, our selfishness, we will realize there's an emptiness. Right? There's a loneliness. There's you, you probably get depressed and have anxiety without Jesus. So we must look to Jesus. And this is why we absolutely need to have Jesus and come to him and seek to be in his presence always. We cannot look internally without Jesus and we cannot look to other people. We must look to Jesus. And the reason Jesus points people to himself because he is and he was fully God. Jesus lived a perfect life as fully human, fully man, and also fully God. He was fully man and fully God at the same time. Um, 
So as I was listed the other names of the other gods in the other religions, no one dares to point people to themselves. Right? If you guys ever read up on those religions and gods and what have you, they usually tell you the many things that you need to do to get saved. Many, many things. Many impossible things to do. Jesus tells people to believe in him. He tells us to believe in him versus telling us 15 different things that we need to do. There is a difference. That's why Jesus was fully God. And only God can point people to himself, which is what Jesus did. He called himself the son of God. No one can forgive sins. Jesus forgave sins. He alone judges mankind. No one else can, can, can say that. They can say that they judge mankind because Jesus is God and he alone defeat death as we can see in his resurrection. If anything, his resurrection is the overwhelming evidence that Jesus is who he said he is. He had a very public death. I think we all know this, right? In front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. And a very public physical resurrection, which was witnessed by over 500 people. Physical resurrection, right? You hear all the stories about spiritual resurrections, you know, this image, this ghost that I get visited by my grandparents, my who knows what. Physical resurrection is what the difference between Jesus and everyone else. Another evidence of Jesus was who he said he is, the Son of God, which we must get to know for ourselves. Because the Son of God who came to save mankind was the actions and the behaviors of his disciples, of the people who followed him, who talked to him, who had seen his resurrection. They had the revelation of Jesus as God and Savior. So that revelation of Jesus was the main reason for the birth of the early church, if we really think about it. The early church started because of their revelation of Jesus. Jesus is my Savior and my God and the Son of God. So their revelation of Jesus as God and Savior was how they courageously, courageously shared the gospel as they spread out to advance his kingdom. The revelation of Jesus as God and Savior was how they withstood incredible persecutions to the point of death by the ruling authority at the time, even to the point of being fed to like half-starved lions as entertainment for believing in Jesus. I actually, when I was preparing this message, and that thought came to my mind, if someone is trying to beat me to death just because I believe in Jesus, that is persecution. Isn't that amazing? They withstood all of that, still share the gospel and advance the kingdom and would not, would not deny Jesus. So because of that revelation of Jesus, that was not because they are more special than us. I think I've shared this before. I refuse, refuse to believe that they have more faith in us. It's just because they have a revelation of who Jesus is. Jesus is God. That's why they were able to go through and persevere through all that they had to face. The revelation of Jesus as Savior and God was what transformed them to live such radical lives, right? To live for Jesus, to live for his kingdom, to live, as I said, live like another different level. They were just regular people coming along and suddenly Jesus revealed himself to them. They became someone else. They became disciples. 
disciples of Jesus that withstood incredible persecution that people talked about throughout histories. Their revelation of Jesus allowed them to, um, to stand unwavering in their faith and continue to advance God's kingdom. They withstood the very definition of persecution and more, both in how they lived and how what they were saying. So it had to be both, right? Can I say that? It had to be both, right? Because we can't just, we, we can't just say, well, I'm trying to show them an example of, of, of as a Christian by how I live. We need to say it also. Yeah. Otherwise, they would not know why we live the way that we do. If we don't share about Jesus, people won't know why we live differently, why we have been transformed, why we have been changed. Romans 10 Verse 14 and 15, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We must bring the good news, not only in how we live, but in terms of sharing with them about the gospel sharing with them about why we have been transformed and why we change our lives, why we live differently now, why we think differently now, why we set our mind upon something different. We have a different future. We have a different hope because of Jesus. So I want to bring, I want to talk about and, and, and hopefully give people some handles and then tidbits in terms of how to talk to someone about Jesus as fully man, and as fully God. And then bring this question back, bring this morning back to land by encouraging us to ask ourselves that question. Who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to me? And if there's one thing that you can remember of my rambling from this morning, who is Jesus to me? Ask yourself that question later today. Ask that question throughout the week, throughout the month, and throughout the year. Who is Jesus to me? Perhaps some of us may say, well, he is my guide, but maybe he's not so much. He, he's my savior, but maybe he's not really my guide because I still want to do the things that I want to do, right? Because if he's my guide, that means I have to live differently. That means I have to think differently. That means I have to prioritize differently. But if we can say that he is my guide, we will prioritize our life we will be transformed people, truly. Is Jesus my God and my Savior? The, if the answer is yes, then let's live like those disciples of the early church. The early church was powerful, and they exploded because of their incredible revelation of Jesus. That was why the early church grew so amazingly and withstood incredible persecution because they were trying to suppress Christianity and kill everyone else and make them suffer so they wouldn't admit who Jesus is, was. They were greatly persecuted but was unwavering in their faith and vocal in sharing the gospel. So let's live as such. Isn't that amazing? So inspiring to know people who live like that. And, and, if I can say this to encourage everyone, they are not more special than us. I refuse to believe that they are more special than us. They had the same Holy Spirit that we have now. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't get older after 2,000 years. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's the same. The disciples were the same. And, and actually, I read this this week, and it actually really challenged me because we used to put the, pe- the disciples on a pedestal to talk about how amazing they were and all the things that they did and that would stand. But Acts 11, verse 26, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. That's us. We are his disciples. The disciples are Christians just like us. Tap into the Holy Spirit. Dig deep, if I can use that term. Who is Jesus to me? Is he just Savior or he is my Savior and my God? Get to know Jesus so we can share about him from a deep place, from a deep conviction, a deep revelation of who he is. Not just a, a routine, well, this is what I have to do. I'm supposed to share because I'm a Christian and this is what Jesus tell me to do. This is what scripture tell me to do. So I'm going to go and say, oh, hey, Liam, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about him. He's awesome. He's God. No, share it from a place of knowing who Jesus is, from the deepest part of our heart. This is where he wants to reside. We know this, right? We know this, right? He wants to reside deep within our hearts. And he, that's how he wants us to know him, deep in our hearts. This is the place that we are to share Jesus to everyone else, from a place deep within our hearts, from a place of, of, of great knowledge, of great revelation. As in, I can describe Vanessa to everyone else. You know, Vanessa, she's tall, she's beautiful, she's smart, but just from a deep place of knowing Vanessa, that's different. That's much different than just reading a description of a book versus someone that you know deeply, intimately. Share Jesus from that standpoint. Is that the Jesus that we know? If I can encourage you guys. If it's not, get to know Jesus from that place. Let the knowledge of Jesus go from our heads to our hearts. And I, I think we all have heard that before. But let's truly let the knowledge of Jesus a revelation of Jesus, reside deep in our hearts. Right? Regardless if you're a logical thinking person, a practical thinking person, uh, a head knowledge person or anything, I know because I'm very logical. I'm, I'm very logical. I'm, I'm built differently because I need to know why things are being done a certain way. I want to know the answer behind it. But we must let that go deep, go through our head, and into our heart. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, deducting the existence and the truth of, of Jesus as the Son of God with our brains. However, we must know where, re- where Jesus wants to reside. Jesus wants, he doesn't want to reside in our head. He wants to reside in our heart. So allow him to reside in our heart. And the only way to do that is get to know him deeply and intimately so we can share about Jesus from that place. So if I can go back to the statement that I said earlier is our revelation of Jesus would dictate the life that we live. So think back to the disciples. Their revelation of Jesus dictated how they live. Is our revelation of Jesus dictate how we live and the decision that we make and how we prioritize our lives. So I want to encourage you guys for, for this morning, for today, and for the rest of the week to come back to that question. 
Who is Jesus to me? Is he my God and my Savior? Or the other way around. Is he my Savior and my God? And live like he is my God. He is my Savior. Live according to his truth, according to his teaching, and plan our lives according to his life. And I do want to apologize for those parents around here. I'm not telling you guys what not to do to your kids. But we always want to encourage everyone to live according to God's plan because that is the best plan. And it's always the best plan for us. So um, anyway, that's what I have for us for this morning. So why don't we rise? Why don't we stand up? I'll pray for us to, uh, to end the meeting for, for this morning. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you, God. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for, for what you are doing, God. We're so thankful for the, for the future and the plans and the purpose that you have for each and every one here. And I ask in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you will come and reveal more of who you are, Jesus, to each and every one of us. Open our hearts up even more so for us to grow in our revelation of you, Jesus. Allow us to experience more of your love, more of your presence, more of your, your maj- majesty, Lord, more of your glory, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And we pray to all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 